Good grace and peace to you. Uh, uh, just want to say hello to whomever is listening, wherever you're listening, uh, whether it's live or archived, it will be both. Um, wherever you are, I want to give you blessings today. Uh, today our challenge to you is uh, going to be, we're focusing on His presence today. <clears throat> A lot of our devotion this week has been leading to this. Uh, our conversations with each other have been leading to this. So it's going to be, uh, how, how do you lead through this? How do you lead your families through this? How do you prep yourself through everything we're going through? Uh, waiting the next announcement for the, from, from uh, even today about the next few days. What do you do? Uh, I want to shepherd you um, in that, meaning uh, I want you to hear today about His presence. So I'm going to encourage you uh, during this time that we're together, and my encouragement to you is going to be uh, about, uh, about His Word, how we encourage you through His Word, how we encourage you uh, through just himself and his obedience and faithfulness and then how do we encourage you uh, in his presence so uh, want to uh, want to have a word of prayer it's a it's it's my continual prayer for those of you who are familiar with me you know this prayer uh, and I, I want I want to pray together with you father help me to be a plain preacher uh, so plain that a child would understand me help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to our audience, wherever they are, Lord, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, uh, Lord, I know that uh, out of uh, all the audience today, uh, in, in this element, I'm under a strict judgment, a great judgment, because I'm a teacher of your word and I accept my place in rightly dividing it. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. I want to encourage you with his word today. Logan had uh, our, another pastor, our worship pastor, a discipleship pastor at our church had posted during the week on our Facebook notifications to you uh, using a verse in 2 Timothy. I want, to, I want to use that. You've already seen it if you've seen uh, our Facebook page, but it's 2 Timothy 2, 8 and 9. It says, keep in mind Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descended from David, according to my gospel. Uh, for this I suffer to the point of being bound like a criminal. But God's message, God's word, is not bound. I, I want to encourage you today uh, with the word of God from the word of God, uh, about the word of God, uh, that it is not bound. Uh, I'm using today to uh, join Logan in the verse that he used <clears throat> with Acts 28.31. And it's Paul. Uh, it's the last verse in the book of Acts. It is Paul in reference to the gospel. He says, Proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with full boldness and without hindrance. Uh, through the book of Acts, the gospel... The gospel is unhindered. Culture, and when we look at culture, we have to look at all the language barriers. It's the economic structure, the socioeconomic structure. We look at leadership and officials who tried to stop the gospel. You need to understand, and I want to encourage you with this, that the gospel will not be bound. Paul wrote that to Timothy. And the gospel is unhindered. I, uh, I was... Uh, mentored by people in seminary at Southern in Louisville 
by uh, people who were mentored and professors by mentored by a man named Frank Stagg. I had said this in an earlier video this week as we were trying things out, and I, I said I'm I'm going to give you a go ahead and give you a little bit of a picture about Sunday. Frank Stagg wrote a book um, about the gospel, and he wrote it on the Book of Acts, and he referred to it and the, the struggles of the gospel in the early days. But he referred to it as an unhindered gospel. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of new changes. There's a lot of new things. We're asking questions that are two months down the road that we just can't answer yet. I want to encourage you about the Word of God, from the Word of God, with the Word of God, that uh, it's an unhindered gospel uh, on the drive here. Uh, just to do this for you today, I was overwhelmed. I just got overwhelmed. Uh, suffering, uh, what people are going through, <laughs> Um, the uh, challenge of being a pastor uh, I say that about neighboring pastors that are around us when, it re when we refer to our campus and uh, part of what overwhelmed me was uh, today just think about today I want you to think about how the gospel may have the chance today of being broadcast throughout the world in 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 a way that it's never been broadcast before. Just stop for a moment, and I want you to think about that. Uh, how many sermons today are going to be live and archived? People can go to them at any time they want. I, I know there's time change throughout the world. I know some are ahead when it comes to hours. Some are behind when it comes to hours. But that's overwhelming to me when I look at Paul saying to Timothy, the gospel will not be bound. Uh, I, I, it's overwhelming to me when I read in the last book or the last chapter in the last verse of the book of Acts that uh, the gospel is unhindered. I don't know about you, but in this time of crisis, of a big question mark on the days and the weeks and the months that lie ahead, that encourages me. That gives me assurance. It settles me down to know that absolutely nothing is going to be able to hinder the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It was true in the days of Paul. It is true today. I hope that it calms your hearts a little bit. I hope that it soothes your soul a tad to know that the church and the gospel is indestructible. Did you hear me say that? The church and its gospel is indestructible. I want you to know if you read the gospels, even hell can't stop it. I, 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 want, I, I want that to challenge you. I want that to rev you up like the drums do before a football game to football players. I, I want that to absolutely not only soothe you, but I want it to raise you up and take note that the church and its gospel is absolutely indestructible. If I'm in a crisis, which we are, if I'm in a time of conflict, which we are, question marks, just question marks everywhere, or whether you're in a time of celebration, I, you, you need to find yourself today uh, in relationship with Jesus, and then I'm going to go one step further into the fellowship of His church. Why? 
because the church and its gospel can never be stopped. I'm saying that to all of you who are believers today, and I'm saying that today if you are listening, uh, you are viewing, uh, you're searching, whatever you are, uh, what do I need to do? Well, we, we turn to Christ. It doesn't matter what season you are. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're going through. We turn to the Lord Himself. And so we go to Scripture again. Uh, today's the day of salvation. Whether there's a crisis or a great celebration. Whether there's conflict or there's congregation. It doesn't matter. Uh, when is the day of salvation for you? Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. The day of salvation for you is absolutely today. In the midst of this crisis, where should you find yourself? I want you to find yourself uh, in relationship to Jesus and into the fellowship of His church. Um, so I want to encourage you about His Word. It's unstoppable. And today is a perfect example of that. Uh, this is not an American crisis. This is an absolute world crisis. And uh, like I said before, take, take note that His gospel is absolutely saturating the world today in the truth of who he is by numerous preachers uh, all over the world uh, ever how they're getting it done it is happening I, I do you rejoice with me in that I rejoice in that so I want to encourage you with his word I want to encourage you uh, with the Lord himself we're in Lent uh, because we're going through a crisis does not uh, uh, take away the season that we're in and it's a Lent season. It is still a season of fasting. Uh, it is still a season of, uh, of generosity. It is still a season of prayer where it's easy for us to mix this together uh, in this time of crisis to continue on our Lent journey. It's also a journey to the cross. So even as we approach Easter and all the ways that we're going to approach Easter, I want to remind you and I want to encourage you with the faithfulness and the obedience of the Lord Himself with Hebrews 12.2. Hebrews 12.2 says, Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the, the source or the author, the perfecter or the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that laid before Him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Uh, the Hebrew writer says that we keep or we fix our eyes on Him. Uh, the picture of this is, it's impossible for you to look in two directions at the same time. I can't see two directions at once. Uh, whatever day I'm living, but especially this one, I've got to choose where I put my focus. I've got to choose where I'm going to fix my eyes. I've got to look. It's impossible for me to look in two directions simultaneously. So I'm going to ask you to fix your eyes on Jesus out of this verse and use this verse for two reasons. One, uh, because joy and suffering go together. I don't care where you go in the scriptures. You can go to James. I count it all joy when you go through trials and tribulations because of what it does for you, what it absolutely produces in you. I, uh, I, I We count it all joy. Joy and suffering are part of the Christian journey together. We fix our eyes on Him because He became the picture of that. Uh, with joy, He endured the cross, and we know the cross was a place of incredible suffering with us and for us uh, and for Himself as far as the suffering is concerned. 
So we connect the two together. When there's joy, uh, there's suffering. I'm fixing my eyes on him because he is an example of how they go together. Um, it, it seems kind of weird, but what about the joy? The joy is of what he had before he got to the cross. He, uh, man, all of heaven attended him, you know? He came out, Philippians 2, says that he came out and who he, what he came out to be. He became flesh and he dwelt, he dwelt with us. Uh, he, he came to a, a sin-ridden world, uh, but he left incredible places of he being attended in glory. He came to us. Uh, so there's the joy that he had before he became incarnate, pre-incarnate, um, even though he still had his preeminence of uh, being first in all things. He became part of us. So there's the joy of leaving of, of having heaven and leaving it to come to us, suffering for us, being rejected for us, all that's involved in that. And then he went to the cross with suffering, and then we look beyond the cross. So you've got the joy of who he is. He came to us and lived like he did. He went to the cross and suffered like he did. But you have to understand, Jesus has the capability of looking past the cross. Guys, we have to do that today. There's joy and there's suffering. And through our Lord, we're able to look past our suffering and realize what He has in store for us, who He is. So the, the second way we fix our eyes on Jesus, the first way is with joy. He's an example of how joy and suffering go together. Just remember this. Uh, he was able to look past the cross. He's able to look past this crisis. I, I've got a I gotta trust him. I've gotta be the sheep that lets the shepherd lead me through. I've gotta be that person. The second way we fix our eyes on him is uh, it says in this verse that he is uh, he is set down at the right hand of on God's throne. He's at a place, and all this means is he's he's in a place of authority. Um, our church, listen, Hope Church, you've heard it. If you've not been to Hope Church or listened to podcasts, uh, you may hear it for the first time. Our people have not heard this for the first time. In fact, there are a lot of things that our people have not heard for the first time because we teach in repetition. We're asking, where is the Lord in this? According to the Scripture, He's at the right hand of God, a place of authority. Uh, you're going to say that, uh, well, man, I want Him here. Have I prayed the prayer for him to come back? Absolutely. I prayed that prayer before we had this crisis. We're asked to pray that prayer. Have I upped that prayer during this crisis? Absolutely. Lord, come back. Am I going to up that prayer in the days that lie ahead? Probably. But let me just tell you something, and I, I, I want you to relax because the gospel will never be stopped. Just, just rest in that. I want you to relax because of who our shepherd is. It says he's at the right hand of God right now, a place of authority. And listen to me, that's exactly where I want him. Why? Because he's at a place of authority. He is king. He's not going to be king. He's already king. I, I can't hear an amen, but boy, I sure am, I sure am wanting to feel him. He is already king. Not going to be king. He's already king. 
And he is there at the right hand of God, a place of authority. What is he doing there? He is interceding on our behalf. Scripture says he's interceding for us. He is there working on our behalf. What is he doing there? He is, uh, he is directing the mission of the church. He sees everywhere the gospel is penetrating today. He sees that. I don't know about you, but that reassures me. Not only that, he's directing and empowering people with his Holy Spirit. Where, do, am I praying for him to come back? Yes. But listen, he's at the right hand of God. He's at a place of authority. I, I want to encourage you. I want to soothe you with himself. And that is, uh, he's at a place where he's handling everything. In my heart, he's exactly where I want him to be. And he, I am praying for him to come back. But folks, with, with all the chatter, if you read the first chapter of Acts, you're going to find out that the only person who's going to direct that is the Father himself. The Father will determine that. Do I pray it? I do pray it. Yes, it will be a joy when he returns. But the point of it is he's at a place of authority. And I just want you to know I rest in that. Is, do I know everything about that? No, I only know some things about that. But I just want you to know our shepherd called us a long time ago. And in him calling us a long time ago, I'm settled that he's at a place, he's at a place of authority. So I've encouraged you about the word, from the word, with the word, that it's an unhindered gospel. It will not be bound. Rest. I want to encourage you about the Lord himself. Uh, he is an example of how joy and suffering come together. But trust him because he has the ability to see past the cross. He has the ability to see past this. And then I want to encourage you with his presence uh, himself. We, uh, if, you, if you fix your eyes on Jesus, your fears are going to be calmed. Your soul is going to be settled. You're going to seek direction. You're going to have peace. In His presence is where I get the calm demeanor to be able to see how I need to navigate through this crisis and how you can help others navigate through this crisis. In His presence is where we see our leadership. Uh, I, I know I'm speaking to homes that have moms and dads intact. I know I'm speaking to homes where there's single parents, single fathers, single moms. I know I speak to homes where the children are raised by guardians, foster parents, or grandparents, or other relatives. I know that. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to ask all of you who lead your families, I want to encourage you to go be in His presence. In His presence, the things that uh, are alarming us, me and you, are going to be calmed. Uh, I want to take you uh, to Matthew 6.6. 6. In Matthew 6.6, 6, Jesus is teaching about prayer. This is only one of His segments about prayer. He says, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. He will absolutely reward you. Uh, we, uh, I encourage you to go there. I'm talking about all you who lead your families and all of you who lead other places. Here's what I'm saying. No multitasking. Turn off things. 
you can listen to whatever you want to listen to when you're going down the road. That's great, but that may not be your secret place. You may listen to a podcast while you're walking. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank you for that. Continue to do that. But I'm telling you, as you lead your families, get off by yourself. And you're going, well, I got a house full of kids. How can I do that? I don't know. My kids are, are they're in their 30s or close to it. I don't know completely how to answer that for you. Uh, but try to find it. Maybe one can help the other to be able to do that. But get alone and be in His presence. If you're going to minister to your families and others and you're going to lead effectively, you have got to be alone with the shepherd. I want to, I want to go to the picture of Moses for just a moment. Um, I, I love to read about Moses. Folks, we're, we're doing what we're doing and we still have. In fact, we, we still have so much that we're hoarding. Moses led thousands, hundreds of thousands of people out of uh, slavery. He didn't have a Walmart. He didn't have a tractor-trailer truck to pull up. He didn't have a train to bring supplies. Um, he relied on being with the Lord. And uh, when it comes to, uh, when it, when it comes to uh, the Lord and His presence, uh, it's in Exodus 33, 12-15. And in Exodus 33, 12-15, there's the call of Moses. And in the call of Moses, uh, Moses and the Lord are talking back and forth. And uh, the Lord says, I'm, My presence will be with you, Moses. And Moses basically responds, I, I don't want to go from here to there. I don't want to go from here to there, Lord without your presence to, with us. I know some of you all are going, how do I lead my family? Uh, how do I lead those who are connected? Some of you are still in business leadership, whether it's using apps like Zoom or teleconferencing or whatever it is that you do. I'm asking you, uh, I want to encourage you, just go into His presence. Well, today, uh, I want you to see how everything we're handling today is still about His presence. Whether I'm encouraging you from the Word of God, about the Word of God, from the Word of God, it's still His presence. Whether I'm encouraging you about the example of Jesus Himself, He's able to look past the cross, He's able to look past this. I'm still asking you to draw to His presence. And then I'm asking you to, to even physically do that, not just spiritually. Go into that place, how to lead your family, how to calm your children, how to handle all the question marks that you have in your life. I'm asking you to be able to go there with that. Uh, everything we've dealt with today, encourage you from His Word about the Lord Himself and just even about being in His presence. Uh, we're at a point now of... Uh, Social distancing is going to be one of the words that we look back on the in in, in this year, and and the origin of it is going to be this year and the use of it. But the truth of it is, the truth of it is uh, is that uh, though there may be social distancing, the truth of it is is the Lord is drawing us closer to Him. We're going to enter a time of worship. Uh, we've been in worship, but it's, it's going to be in music and song. Get your communion ready. 
I'm going to lead you in a time of prayer. I'm going to lead you in a time of communion and then some more worship. But I just want you to know we handpicked the songs today uh, about being in His presence. Uh, so uh, hopefully you're, you're gathered together. You have the words there. Well, we've given them to you earlier if you were able to be able to do that. But uh, we're going to use this music now. We're going to use this time together to focus on His presence, to be in His presence, to calm us, and to settle our souls. <laughs> 